It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Yeah, I think I'm over it now. 8 o'clock on the Blitz 1170. That mean, I mean, that is me always jumping in there and stepping on big voice guy. Bryce all smiling in the next room because he has now properly trained me. I'm Rick Corey in this room. And you are on our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. We have another text as to who could play Rambo now. Uh, and this mm-hmm. one is Matthew McConaughey, but only on a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that part means. <laughs> But okay, I'll I mean, find out. Hey, McConaughey from Sahara, which is another. My wife loves that movie Sahara. I think it's because he runs around with his shirt off a lot. Uh, she loves that one, and I do think it's a little bit underrated too. I think Steve Zahn's great in that. Uh, he in that one. I mean, dude's put together. So, but I don't see him being serious enough. Do you? No, I, I can't. I can't see him being serious. I just can't see Rambo. I mean, he's going. played very serious roles. Yeah, before, has. I mean, hey, but, come on, Dallas Buyers Club was really yeah. serious. Oh yeah. But I just can't see Rambo and all right, all right, all right. You know, mm-hmm. one of those things. <laughs> Rambo stopping and saying, why are we all here? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mentioned uh, coming up, by the way, in 10 minutes, Tim Barton. He's the uh, head basketball coach over at Claremore Sequoia. I have the most watched Super Bowl ads. So the commercials, things that we all sat and watched, or at least some people sat and watched. And I, we've asked and we've talked about our favorites. Mine was the Dun Kings. Um, and yours was, oh, uh, mine was the Paramount Plus commercial with uh, Patrick Stewart. Yes, that was my favorite. Very good. The number one most watched, and and this is gauged by YouTube and the people who went back to stream it again and look and look and look, was Booking dot com with Tina Fey, and yeah. all the the stunt doubles because the one had Glenn yeah. Close in it, you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. She got her people from um, Thirty Rock, I believe it was, mm-hmm. back, you know, with her, including Jane Krakowski. That was number one. Number two was T-Mobile's auditions for the big game commercial. I didn't think it was that good either. I was like, they probably spent like $3 million on that. Yeah, I know. Number three was Arnold's neighbor for State Mm -hmm. Farm, which I thought was entertaining. Yeah. I was was, was able to poach Danny DeVito from Jersey Mike's for a little bit there. Yeah, which was fun, right? You know what? It would have been great if he'd had a sandwich with him. It would have been fun. Yes. Number four was Snapchat. The snap. Less social media, more Snapchat. Snapchat is social media, right? Yeah, it's a dumb tagline. It is. It really is. Uh, Number five was Google. Javier in frame. The Google Pixel Super Bowl commercial. I don't even remember that. Do you? Not a clue. Me either. Number six was Mountain Dew. Having a blast. Mountain Dew ad. Mm. I do the Dew, but I don't remember it. They were all flying around. I mean, I, I get it. I didn't think it was that great. Number seven, and this one, hey, it surprises me for a lot of reasons. 20th Century Studios and the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now, I know Planet of the Apes was a successful franchise when it happened. I wasn't that big a fan then, and I cannot imagine. Hollywood has completely run out of ideas. Oh, my gosh. The amount of remakes and... Well, I see this. No. If you're going to, good for you. Have fun. Number eight, Universal. And this one, I just shook my head. It's the Twisters. (laughs) So they're going to do Twister again, but they're going to do it just by adding an S and do Twisters. If we don't see two cows flying in this one, somebody Mm -hmm. deserves to lose a job. Well, first of all, as somebody who used to chase those for a living, 
I, I don't like that they make it seem like, hey, let's go out there and just do this mm. because that's dangerous. But also from what I saw in the in the trailer, come on. Did you did you like Twister? No. No? <laughs> no. I, 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 I liked to watch it, but I I would always kind of laugh at the fact of do they really think that here in Oklahoma, like twisters have a mind of their own and they're just chasing a group of people? Like it came off as like a horror film. It did. You know, of like up oh, the twisters coming after us again because yeah. it just chases us everywhere we are. And I understand why some why some people really liked it. And it, you know, it was in Oklahoma. They talked about it. Like, this is a cool culture thing it to is. me. You know, it is. I get all that. Uh, but I no, I didn't really like it very much. I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of silly. But again, I've done that, and so that's right. it's not a game to me. Uh, number nine. This really surprised me the Scientology decide for yourself now that was a regional Mm. spot it didn't air everywhere you know the Jesus washing of feet if you will that one got a lot of talk but Scientology finished number nine Mm. and then number 10 and this one I just didn't think was entertaining at all was Mr. T and there's uh, no T in Skechers or there is a T in Skechers Mm. you know uh, first of all, Mr. D just doesn't look like himself anymore. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's just not the same guy. And we understand he's a lot older. But I didn't. Did, did any of those really catch your attention? I, I didn't. None of those. I thought Booking.com was funny enough. Yeah, like I, I remember that yeah, one. It was I thought good. Arnold was good. I mm-hmm. thought that was fun. I didn't at all like Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes or Twisters. Beyond, beyond that, uh, I don't really. And I didn't absolutely. I did not absolutely did not get it. When it came to, you know, to the, anyway. The one one that I thought was really underrated was the Pluto TV couch potatoes. I like that one. My wife, that was her favorite. Yes. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's just a funny play on puns, right? It is. Potato farm. And I I have Pluto at home and watch it quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I was trying to watch news radio on that. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen news radio before, so. Right. Uh, I've watched Pluto a good bit, and I kind of like it. So I I was pretty pretty happy with it. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our breaks. We can get to Tim Bard on time. The head basketball coach at Claremore Sequoia is next. I still have other things to go. I'm still going to play you the thing about the the best basketball venues in America, according to my favorite analyst. Uh, You know, the Chiefs have won back-to-back Super Bowls. Well, we haven't had that in a long time. As a matter of fact, the gap between the Patriots and the Chiefs is the longest back-to-back Super Bowl winners in the history of the NFL. But I have for you a comparison of what was happening the last time we had back-to-back winners. I'll get to that one as well, a couple other cool notes as we finish it up. In the meantime, we'll get back to Tim Bart from Claremore Sequoia. We are in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. This is the Blitz 1170. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The third-ranked OSU Cowgirl tennis team secured their first-ever ITA Indoor National Championship yesterday with a thrilling 4-3 win over fifth-ranked Michigan. The Cowgirls' next match is at Arizona State on Saturday. The 25th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be in Waco tonight as they face the 12th-ranked Baylor Bears. The Sooners already have two ranked wins this season. Tip-off at Foster Pavilion is at 8 p.m. And in the Big 12 last night, there was a couple of blowouts for the home teams. TCU handled West Virginia and Fort Worth 81-65. And for Big Monday, Texas Tech dominated Kansas and Lubbock 79 to 50. Bill Self was ejected in that game. That's the window world of Tulsa Two Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170, and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.
blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Madison Roth, the Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and you're welcome to text us a question, a comment, or an emotional outburst. You can have a question right now if you'd like for Tim Bart. He is the head basketball coach at Claremore Sequoia. He joins us right now here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios. 17-3 and overall. You're off to a heck of a start, my friend. Well, because of snow outs and ice and rain, you can bump that to 20 and 3 because we played three games. Oh, three yeah, extra? I think we played four games in the last uh, six days. It's been like an oh, NBA geez. schedule. But uh, <laughs> everybody's trying to fit those games. We played last night at, yeah. uh, over at Uligal. So uh, we crammed in three games last week and then one yesterday. So we had four games. So. Yeah. Now we're up to 20-3, and three, ranked number 12 in 4A. Our first year in 4A, we got bumped up, but we're the smallest of the 64 teams. But uh, we're actually playing in 4A this year. <clears throat> well, yeah, Max Prep still had you at 17-3. and three. You need to update them. They don't have last night's score. But I did see the, you know, playing on the 6th and the 8th and the ninth and all those kinds of things. Now, you know, we always say they're young people. They handle it. You know, they're able to do it. But tell me about this. How did you get your team through it and how'd they react? You know, I don't know if it's because I'm old and softer, uh, but I just think this time of year and playing that many games, fresh legs is the key. And we scale back practice a lot and uh, just spend a lot of time shooting. And uh, I want them to be fresh and I want their legs. You know, even though uh, they are young and full of energy, they still get tired too, you know, when you're playing three games in a row and, and so I think the key is just fresh legs going into the playoffs. And obviously, you know, we made 18 threes last night, so I think our legs were fine. <laughs> do you <laughs> do you change rotation at all? Do you, do you cut back rotation, make your, your time out there a little less, or is it all based on just kind of listening up at practice? I wish I could cut back on rotation, but uh, I, we play six guys in the heat of the battle. I'm, I uh, I have to take – I call them t- tired timeouts. We take timeouts not to correct them or yell at them, but just let them get a 30-second or a minute break because we're not very deep, and we've been able to manage the season uh, from injuries and uh, illnesses uh, – still just by playing a six-man rotation i'll be uh, that's you know it's it's a challenge uh but i'm sure the kids are taking it as you know kind of looking that way as well but you know players want to play right tim so you i mean do you have a hard time getting these guys off the court sometimes oh yeah yeah they they want to get they they just enjoy it uh, you know they uh early i did it just because i need to work on their stamina get them in game shape and uh that you have to, you know, they do not want to come out ever. They want to play the entire game. But when you're up 87 to 48, when, you know, our average margin this year, we're plus 21 points per game mm-hmm. on our opponent. So it gives the young kids a chance, the JV and some freshmen I have on the team. But, uh, yeah, they definitely want to get their minutes and uh, get their numbers. We're talking to Tim Bart, Claremore Sequoia head basketball coach here on the Blitz 1170 at 8.15. I'm Rick Corey with Bryce Hulse. Yeah, Coach, as you mentioned, a 39-point win last night. You've you've won by a lot just in your last four games or so uh, with a lot of high scoring. Has your M.O. been three-point shooting, or what has been the key offensively that has caused you guys to score so many points? When I took the job 
you know, these guys were sophomores. We, we started four juniors and one senior, uh, and they were a shooting team. Now, the Barsville Tim Bar, we won games 40 to 38. I mean, I'm not used to scoring the 80s. Uh, I'm not used to shooting as many threes as we do twos. But, you know, last night, 18, we've had some 17. We've had some 16 games. We we went five possessions in a row last night and made a three, five consecutive possessions. And, I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling. We're shooting like, you know, 36%, which we all know. We all do the math. You shoot 33 from two, you know. But it, from the two-point, we're shooting 60% on the year. So, I mean, but between that, and we're out-rebounding our opponents. So, between the two of them, that's a nasty combination. And, uh, you know, I had, I had one last night. He made six threes. He made the last two games, he, he was six for eight. And last night, he was six for nine from three. And he's my third option. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just incredible what these guys have achieved and, and how when we get on. Now, we went through some peaks. In some valleys, when uh, we lost a couple of games when we couldn't make a shot and we had to start making twos and we weren't going to live and die by the three, uh, and we had to find a way how to manufacture points when it's not going in. Mm-hmm. And I think we've adjusted and done that this year with this team. All right, well, you said he, so roll off some names. Who is it knocking down all the trades for you? Well, I mean, all four of my guards, and, uh, I mean, it's just incredible. You know, I had one with five, one with six, one with four. You know, Judah Gibson, 6'2", junior, you know, he's uh, leading us in scoring 18 points a game. And then you got Eastern Prater, 6'3", junior. He's averaging 17 a game. Everybody's close. Tristan Gibson, my big guy inside, I know he's taking a visit to the University of Tulsa for football. He's 6'3", about 240. Make a run of 4'5", 40. Wow. Uh, he's averaging eight and a half a game and seven – Point two rebounds a game. He plays above the rim at that level. Uh, my one senior, Luke Wood, 6'2", senior, he's averaging nine points a game, and he's our leading assist guy, at, and he's got two-to-one assist to turnover. Then you got Kyler Moore, the 5'10", junior. He's a first-year starter. He's averaging uh, 10 points a game, and like he's the one that he made six last night, and he made six Saturday night. So, uh, uh when they get hot and we get on a row, it's fun to watch, but it's fun to coach. You just sit there and clap. Yeah, yeah. I'd say at that point, the coaching part is, hey, go get them. <laughs> yeah, I told my coach last night, I said, I'm the shooting coach. You're the defense coach tonight. <laughs> but I think what's kind of over, what, what's kind of overlooked about this team uh, is how far we've came defensively. Uh, so these numbers, just throw a few numbers. We, we give up 34% on the year from overall, but we're giving up only 38% from two. I mean, that's you keep doing that, you can afford to have a few misses offensively if you can keep guarding like that. And that, I think that's the one area. We knew that we could be good offensively and put a lot of points on the board. Our emphasis for two years has been, can we get stops? Can we, and when we're, you know, when we don't, when we play a 50 to 45 game, can we win? 
and that's what that's been our emphasis. You know, it, I, we talked last year when you talked about kind of moving over there and the differences, you know, in some of the schools and that kind of thing. You were really just enjoying that overall "quote unquote" small school experience, and you just mentioned it again. You know, certainly, it was your teams were different at Bartlesville, but that's just because personnel was different and all. Uh, but you know, you've got that experience again this year, and you kind of settled into that. How's it going? Nerve wracking. I thought it would be easy at my old age, but now I get more pumped up and excited about a game, and uh, that that is still there. But, you know, the quality – you know, I've got two or three of these kids. They were afraid of my good 6A Barstow teams. Uh, they're that good. And with, you know, like I said, four returning starters and really five out of my top six back next year again, uh, the future is bright in Squaw, but – one thing's kind of fun, uh, having grown up in that area, I'm going back and playing schools that I played in high school and some of the same gyms still, and talk about bringing back memories. Uh, that, that, that's been fun. You know, one of the things, and we're talking to Tim Barton, he's the head basketball coach at Claremore Sequoia. One of the things we've noticed in the last couple of years is the level of high school basketball really rising everywhere in the state of Oklahoma. You know, not a lot of people had heard of Dale, Oklahoma, not long ago, and then they go and win the Tournament of Champions last year. We know it happened here in Tulsa. We've got Memorial, who's been good through the years, and Booker T, who has too. Are you continuing to see what we think is the rise in high school basketball, and why do you think that is? Well, I think some of it has to do this is the positive and the negative some of it has to do with the kids are playing year-round summer basketball aau basketball now that's not all good because they just play games so they get exposed to it uh there's not a lot of fundamentals taught not a lot of practice time they just play 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 but i think they get exposed to it year-round a lot of summer leagues and, and they get to play uh year-round basketball and i think that uh i think the game has gotten more and more popular i think high school coaching is better today uh than it's been in the past i think it's always it's it's always trending up and and uh, i think the high school coaches work extremely hard and knowledgeable and there's so much resources available to coaches uh through different various platforms that they can improve and what they do uh, whether it's copies some NBA or college stuff, and it's just accessible. And I, I think the combination is why the game has grown in the last six, seven years. Is there a certain skill? Because you talk about guys playing consistently, right? So they're, you know, they're out there playing games all the time. As you said, not a ton of coaching. Is there a skill or two that you wish they would coach? Because when you get them, you have to start over, or not over necessarily, but kind of reestablish. Yeah, I think is you know generally I would say, there's two areas this, when we talk about fundamentals of the game. I think passing is the most over un, over emphasized. You know, how do you pass? Why do you pass? You know, a, a good pass leads to a good shot, and you can kill a guy by throwing it at his ankles, and all of a sudden defense has time to react. I think passing. And I think just the general IQ, understanding the game, time and score, what's a good shot, what's a bad shot. Uh, you know, when you can take this shot, start the game. You don't take it when you're up one with 30 seconds in the game. I mean, just general IQ of the game, I think, is important. So those two areas I wish they emphasized more. 
Final moments here with Tim Bart, head basketball coach over at Claremore Sequoia. And your team, obviously, as you said, 20 wins. You're doing, you're, you're playing tremendously as well. I know the Inola games have been a bit of a challenge, but as you look toward the playoffs, what do you want this group to peak at since you are shooting so well? And who do you see as the biggest challenges moving that way? Well, I know the games are so bad because that's where I went to high school, and that's my <laughs> high school coach. That makes can't beat my coach. I mean, Jimmy Christmas. Uh, we just got to continue shooting the ball well. Uh, we got kind of—I know every coach probably thinks this, but we got kind of a uh, bad. I, I don't like our area. It's going to be a tough challenge. Uh, we got six ranked teams in our area. Most of the schools. You know, most of them only had four, and somehow we got six. Now we get to play at, at Glenpool, and uh, Saturday night we start to play off of Bear Hill at home, the districts, and then we go to Glenpool. But, you know, we got Douglas in our – we got McLeod, who's ranked 14th. We got Douglas uh, with Nickens uh, in, our, in our regional to even move on to the area. And, you know, last year in 3A we caught Millwood at Burgers to go, so – uh, we're playing the top teams and the best teams. We just gotta, uh, we just gotta be solid on defense. And if we make shots like last night, I think we can beat anybody. Well, yeah, obviously, if you're hitting threes like that, I think it'll be fun. Well, Tim, you're always a treasure to have on, and always fun talking to you. Continued success, my friend, and and go get them in the playoffs. It's not an easy an easy run for anybody. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. We uh, really appreciate you all uh, supporting high school basketball and giving us the exposure uh, on your platform. We, it's, uh, it's really great for us. You betcha, Tim. We appreciate it as well. 825 on the Blitz 1170. That is Tim Bart. He is the head basketball coach over at Claremore Sequoia. And as you can you can hear, a guy who's enjoying his life and enjoying his time right there. He'd been at Bartlesville before and last year talked about that small town experience, which he's really enjoying. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Uh, we still have to come when we get on the other side of the break. I have uh, my favorite basketball analyst and his five favorite basketball venues in college basketball, which you might be interested to hear. We still aren't done with Super Bowl numbers, believe it or not. We still have more of those. And we, this morning, we had a, a story about Sylvester Stallone, whether he would play Rambo again. It was in our Not Sports segment. And he said, you know, if I don't play anymore, I want Ryan Gosling to play it, which I went, what? I No, I, no, I can't see the guy from The Notebook and La La Land and all those things. Yeah, I, and Barbie. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I can't see Ken as Rambo. But there's one guy, because we've been asking you who should play Rambo. We've gotten a lot of suggestions from Wahlberg to Matthew McConaughey, you know, to others. Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt. One person hasn't been mentioned who is so obvious. Okay. And I'll do that too. So, yes, we have lots to do, and we have a half hour to do it right here on the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. There's Sooner basketball tonight as 25th-ranked OU will be in Waco as they face the 12th-ranked Baylor Bears. The Sooners already have two ranked wins this season, looking for a third. Tip-off at Foster Pavilion is at 8 p.m. According to Nielsen and Adobe Analytics, this year's Super Bowl is the most-watched program in TV history. The overtime classic between the Chiefs and 49ers averaged 123.4 million viewers across TV and streaming platforms. That is a 7% increase from last year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs and Eagles. 
And the Pittsburgh Steelers released three players, Chuck Wilma Okorafor, Presley Harvin, and quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Former Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph is scheduled to hit free agency in March and has said that he would like a fresh start with a different franchise. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. You can also text us at 918-262-5072. As a matter of fact, we just have to, got a text I have to read. This is classic. You can send us your text as well. We've asked all kinds of questions this morning about who should be the next Rambo, and no, we just didn't think of it. We just saw Stallone saying he wants it to be Ryan Gosling. And I, I can't say that without laughing. I'm sorry. I just... I can't see it. If you can, that's fine. You're welcome to tell me I'm stupid because you wouldn't be the first today, but you're welcome to. Now, we got a text here after we just finished with Tim Bart. Tim, he says, is my cousin in high school, and right thereafter, when he was out, he worked as a rodeo clown in the area. What? And this comes from Woody. And Woody sent us some really entertaining texts before. He uh, sat at the lake one weekend and, and sampled several kinds of something we were talking about <laughs> ah, nice <laughs> and sent us uh, actually it was eggnog it was uh, spiked eggnog but he sat at the <laughs> lake uh, one weekend he showed us he sent me some pictures of his lake house or his lake spot and he he said i sat out here and, and just sampled a whole bunch of them well that's putting himself on the line for the show yes and i appreciate that i you know now that i know that and thank you woody oh trust me we talked to tim again that's coming up <laughs> oh, which yeah. is harder Teaching defense or playing a rodeo clown to an angry bull. Mm. What are you going go, with? I'll, I'll, I'll go with defense. But just because <laughs> I, I don't want to put on the outfit. Yeah. I think either would be a little difficult. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So uh, we had, as we said earlier, you know, we had the Stallone thing and Ryan Gosling. There was one actor we haven't even mentioned yet that is an obvious. You want to give it a shot? The Rock. Yeah. There we go. I mean, come on. I understand that Stallone probably wouldn't want him to play it. You know, Stallone had kind of a rivalry with some of the other, like with Schwarzenegger for a while, before the two of them were in The Expendables. Have you seen those? Uh, I thought I've seen The Expendables. I think I saw the first one and then went, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I do understand getting everybody together like that. You know, you you had Dolph Lundgren in there and you had, who, by the way, Stallone was telling the story the other day about Lundgren. Lundgren put him in the hospital for two days during the filming of that Rocky. Man. Because you know, they were trying to film one thing in the, in the boxing scene and it wasn't coming out right. And Stallone said, fine, just go ahead and hit me. And he did. <laughs> he ended up in the hospital <laughs> for two did. days. Yeah. And he, so apparently he and Ivan Drago were not that different mm. with that punch power. Uh, <clears throat> he, you know, and him and Statham and who else? Everybody was, yeah. was in that thing. Uh, so he, he, they had a bit of a rivalry, and he wouldn't want someone like that to do it. Of course, Schwarzenegger's passed it now. Although, you know, you could do like Rambo's son. And you could like, down. You Same could way have, like with Balboa. Rocky Balboa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand six. But I can see I could buy Gosling as as Rambo's son, but they're not mm. quite as, you know, tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd want The Rock to do it. Uh, all right, I, I mentioned this because now we're transitioning to, to high school. Ba- or pardon me, college basketball. And this is I love arenas. I have to. I love stadiums and I love arenas. If you're a sports fan, you probably do. If you're one of those people who just walks in and oh, by the way, it's a building and there's a seat, that's cool too. 
But I love arenas and stadiums. I love being there specifically the day before when we're setting up to broadcast a football or basketball game. I love just wandering in the halls of a place like that and just kind of thinking and feeling who's been there before and the the moments in there. Uh, First time, well, the only time I walked into Cameron, you know, at Duke, and we were there for a basketball game. And it's a very meaningful place anyway because of Lindsay's surgeries and things there. But I, I remember, you know, I walked in and I just stood there and it was a Friday before and you know, the team was starting to get ready to, you know, they were getting back getting dressed, and it was just like four or five of us out there. And you look up at the rafters and the old thing, and you can just almost feel the North Carolina Duke games in there and that kind of if stuff. Walls can know. talk, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and really, it's some of those places I think they can. Mm. I really, at least I can feel it. I felt that way the first time I went to the Liberty Bowl. I grew up watching the Liberty Bowl and watching those classic games. Bear Bryant's last game was at the Liberty Bowl. Those were great matchups in that day, and it's one of the oldest bowl games in America. And you walk through there, you know. But I and and the Mid South Coliseum is right there, right? Watch wrestling when I was growing up as well. You know, I, I just feel those areas. So my favorite, absolute favorite college basketball analyst is Jay Billis. And, you know, and I know he's a Duke guy. I do think though, he's very, very fair. The amount of information he can get across in simple terms without being overly wordy, without Mm -hmm. getting in his partner's way. And by the way, I think the two of them are just hands down the best college football team or college basketball broadcast team. Dan Schulman. I I just, Mm -hmm. Oh, I think they're Love fabulous. Yeah, well, and yeah, and the two just are so seamless together. But Billis just breaks things down. I mean, and he'll get he'll get crosswise with people, and he'll say yeah. what he thinks. With that's not a foul, or that is a foul, or I can't believe they didn't do that. He just says what he thinks. I think he's at a point in his life he just doesn't care. <laughs> he gets to he gets to be mm-hmm. who he is. Well, someone asked him his favorite venues in college basketball. And I wanted to play that for us. Before I do that, though, who's your favorite analyst in basketball? Uh, the the three that I thought of were honestly Brendan Manzer. I really like. He does a lot of Big Twelve games. He I does. think he's I think he's vastly underrated because it's kind of like what you're talking about, with Jay Billis. I think he's uh, really good at explaining the game mm-hmm. in pretty simple terms. But he's very know, honest too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very honest and just being very short with it. Again, not getting in his broadcaster's way. One guy that you either love or you hate is Fran Fraschilla. Yes. I really like Fran Fraschilla. Yeah. I just love the random things that he brings up in terms of what he knows about certain players mm-hmm. or coaches. He's like, he played at this junior college at this year, which is mm-hmm. this many miles south of this place, which I coached. And it's like, how do you know all this stuff? Yeah. And then in the NBA level, one thing, one lady that I thought of was Dar- Doris Burke. I love listening to Doris Burke when yeah. she does games. I like Fran. I, yeah. I think he's fun. I'm, I'm not. I'm fine with most of those guys. But you know, uh, there's a lot of those. I mean, a lot of the guys on networks, I think, are are okay. I just think Billis does it better. Well, anyway, someone asked him his fa- five favorite venues. See if any of these are on your list. Top five venues in college basketball would be a really hard one because there's so many great places. I mean, the Palestra uh, in Philly or McHale uh, in Tucson. But in my experience, I'd probably say number five would be Assembly Hall at Indiana when that place is, is loaded for a big game. It's just like a sea of, of crimson uh, on, on each side. It's just fantastic. Number four, I would probably say the Breslin Center at Michigan State. Uh, I'm not sure like the building necessarily sets itself apart, but what happens in there and the energy of the crowd, um, it's just a, the zone. It's just a, a fantastic place. Number three, I would say is Rupp Arena uh, at Kentucky. Um, I've done so many games there, and they have ice cream, which is kick-ass good. And then... 
two and one for me would be a tie. Uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke, um, and then Allen Fieldhouse uh, at Kansas. Those two places uh, are soulful. Uh, you can sit in there when there's nobody in there and just feel it. It's got a feel you can't describe. And it's like, you know, Augusta and Pine Valley or uh, Wrigley Field and Fenway. Uh, you know, they're just, it's, they're, they're both the best. And the, the traditions at Allen Fieldhouse with the Rock Chalk Jayhawk uh, chant and the stuff that they do just exudes and the history of the game just lives there. Uh, th- th- those are my top five, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of room for argument there. Oh, yeah, there is. And I like the way you put it, too. I love the, the ice cream. I mean, come on. Because, you know, hey, look, Bruce and I did a couple of games at Temple back when I was still doing basketball. And Temple serves this unbelievable pizza. And th- they were great games because Temple was really good back then. And it was Temple-style basketball, so they were street fights. I mean, they were literally street fights, but they were great college basketball games. Yeah, they weren't, you know, that was Conference USA. They weren't, you know, the current level of Big 12. They weren't the ACC back then or in the big, well, any of those. But, God, they were good games. And yeah. they were battles, man. People were, bodies were on the floor. Spit was flying, you know. They, and, and then they had the pizza. <laughs> and I remember. Add that to the mix. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm glad. I think it was funny that he mentioned, you know, the, the ice cream. But you'll notice he mentioned the soulful places where you can sit and you feel it. GIA's that way. Yeah. It hasn't been in a while, unfortunately. But when Eddie had him rolling, and even Travis for a while there, you sit in GIA and you could feel Mr. Iba. I thought, I think, you know, I mean, I just, so, I mean, it, and it unfortunately is, you know, kind of fallen down that list, but I, those are good ones to me. And I've only been in one of those arenas. I've never Mm -hmm. been, have you been at House of Fog? I, I, yeah, I've been in Allen Fieldhouse, and that's the thing is I think of GIA, and it's, it, it sucks that, you know, you have to be like, well, when when it's yeah, packed, when know. you know, because you, you have to say that uh, to, to clear it up a little bit, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, I think that that place is just incredible. It's hard to explain. And then Allen Fieldhouse, the thing that got me about it is in terms of how loud it can be, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's very different from a packed GIA, but what got me about it is how you know they they weren't facing a, a team OSU team that was meh on a monday night when i was there and yet right before it felt like two top 5 teams were yeah. facing each other i mean just the energy that gets in that building right before tip off and it's that way no matter who they're facing um and that was pretty that stuck out to me and then you know i i've had my issues with KU but one thing i do have to say is they were so great in terms of uh, their fans and oh. the way that they welcome other fans to that place. Me and me and a friend were walking down to the court side by the tunnel, kind of peeking in there, and we're telling the security guy like, "Oh, we're just taking pictures and stuff." He's like, "Oh, come on in, just you know, come on down the space line." And we walked down there and we we're able to take pictures. And fans that sit in that little area were talking to us. One guy told us that we need to go see the Naismith basketball rules that are framed. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. In the and yeah. the um, uh, the, well, the hallways there. Yeah. Um, so they were just very, very cool in that fact of like realizing, you know, obviously it's a very historic place that we need to be mm-hmm. proud of. But, you know, yeah, you need to check this out. Welcome. And so it was a really cool experience. Well, one of the reasons I like some of what Billis did right there is you'll notice he mentioned some places that right now aren't on fire, Indiana and Michigan yeah. State. But it yeah. wasn't about that. It was about the history in the building. 
He said more than the building itself, right, for Michigan State, just the energy that's there. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Indiana, it's been a while since Indiana was the kind of relevant that Bobby Knight made them. Sure. You know, but you think about what went on there at the right times. And so, again, he mentions kind of that that feel when you're in there. And unfortunately, I would have loved to have been in the Palestra. I've never... I've never even driven yeah. by it when we're there in Philadelphia. So I, I wouldn't have any any history with that one. But, I mean, of, of the arenas I've been in, Cameron was, I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's Duke because without those banners, you would probably, yeah. Did you even yeah. say the broadcast area that you were in was kind of weird? Because it just it's not like just kind of weird. You had to climb a certain ladder to get up there, and they have yeah. to move a family to get the ladder there. <laughs> There's a family sitting where the ladder sits so you can walk up. And it's not really a walk. It's a climb. Yeah. to get up and then when you're up there it's basically a lean to the floor tilts you have to make sure everything doesn't run down and then if you have to go to the bathroom you have to get the ladder back and have them do it move the family get back down on the ladder <laughs> and there's either you walk back down and and when you're broadcasting at halftime you have to go down or i had i had i needed to go down and talk to an assistant coach on the way off the court it's one of the things that's part of the broadcast yeah so they had to move the family get the ladder, and then my choices are I go all the way through the stands down, or when you come down where the ladder is, there's this little door, and it's not full size. It's just this little, it's not really even a door. It's just a panel. You move the panel, and you squeeze yourself through there, and you're in the back part of a hallway, and then you can work your way back out, and they give you your choice. And then when you come back up, the family moves. (laughs) You come back up the ladder, and they move the ladder. Now, that was in 2009. So maybe they've changed it, maybe not. I know at that time I asked one of the guys there, I said, did the national guys get to sit down there? And he said, nope, not usually. Now, one of the TV crews I saw down there, because I think I saw, yeah, was it, yeah? I think I saw one of the major TV crews down there courtside, but otherwise you can't get down there. I will say this about that place. I've never seen, you know, to your point about the students, yeah, <laughs> I've walked by to do that halftime interview and had a lot of students react to me in different ways because <laughs> of the shirt I'm wearing. Some of the things they said to me in Birmingham, I wouldn't want to repeat in a porn. <laughs> Let alone to anybody I know. <laughs> yeah, in Birmingham of all. And Gene Bartow was sitting there. Oh. And he just arms crossed, kind of looking forward like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, as I walked by, I was kind of thinking, hey, you know, coach, you might say, hey, you know, class this up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, you know, some places like that. But there. Even at Cameron Indoor? Uh, no, no, no. No, that was, no, that was at, at, yeah, that was at, at Birmingham. UAB. Yeah. And that's when they played at the convention center. Uh, but at Duke, when you're there, I've never seen a crowd more together. Those students mm. that wait to come in and sit in that far side. Yeah, the Cameron crazies. Uh, yeah, but everything they do is really kind of coordinated. Yeah. You know that thing they do where they point, you know, oh, at yeah, the inbounds player? Uh, I got a classic yeah. picture of Joe, and I can't remember Joe's last name, inbounding at midcourt and everybody doing that, mm, you know. Yeah, the wiggle on the fingers. Everyone, mm. yeah, at, at the same time. But everything they do, the chants they do, you know, and, and they, they have those worked out ahead of time to yeah. do that. And I've not seen that. Now, I've been in louder places, honestly. It was loud, but when they put 18,000 at Memphis in FedEx and the and the Tigers were really good, holy cow. D-Rose. Could not hear yourself. Mm. Same way in El Paso when they were really good down there at the Haskins Center. You could not hear yourself. Some of those places. But I haven't been to four of the five he mentioned. And I'd love to. I've never been yeah. to Rupp. 
You know, never been. I there's. I probably will never. I'll never get to Assembly Hall in Michigan State. I don't. I can't imagine there'd be a reason for me to be Mm -hmm. up there. But if you have a top five or or, you know, or you'd like to give us a few of yours, let me know at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Or I mean, he can do it with football too, because I've been in places there that talk to me as well, which I think is really cool. All right, it's eight forty-eight. One final break. We'll get back here. Still have a couple of Super Bowl notes I was going to tell you about. We haven't played the, the crowd singing Red Solo Cup the other night at LA in LNC. I want to do that for you as well here on the Blitz. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz eleven seventy. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder will be at the Orlando Magic for a 6.30 tip-off. That will be a nationally televised game on TNT. And the 25th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be in Waco tonight. They'll face the 12th-ranked Baylor Bears. The Sooners have already had two ranked wins under their, under their belt this season. Tip-off at Foster Pavilion is at 8 p.m. And the third-ranked OSU Cowgirl tennis team secured their first-ever ITA Indoor National Championship yesterday with a thrilling 4-3 win over 5th-ranked Michigan. The Cowgirls' next match is at Arizona State on Saturday. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Butts 11 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Many of you have done that today on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here at the Blitz 1170. That is Bryce Salsa. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Our last one was about Tim Bart, who was our guest about 45 minutes ago. He was a head basketball coach, a legend in Oklahoma. He's been around a long time. Bartlesville, now Claremore Sequoia, where he's got a team who's shooting threes like, you know, dropping paper in a basket they're just knocking him down left and right and his cousin woody says when he was in high school and right after that he worked as a rodeo clown <laughs> see those are the kind of fun texts you just don't yeah. know these kinds of things if you're not listening here all right i mentioned and this is i know it's a couple of days old i still wanted to do it because we had so much super bowl talk yesterday we didn't get to this the crowd at um lloyd noble singing red solo cup when they had they served all their drinks in red solo cups in honor of Toby Keith, and then the crowd decided they'd jump into the song. Toby Keith's wife and his kids were there, and they put the guitar and his hat and such in his place courtside. I thought that was really cool and classy of the OU fans to do that, and they're going to, I'm I'm sure, honor him the rest of the year. The big dog daddy was a huge Oklahoma fan. All right, I mentioned, too, that I had a couple of Super Bowl notes, and we'll get to that, but you know the Dunkings commercial, which, by the way, didn't even finish top ten at most watched, and I don't understand how. That was just entertaining as could be. But they also did some quote-unquote outtakes. Now, this is staged. It's Brady, Tom Brady, who was in the commercial, standing with Matt Damon in the studio, and they're dressed in their, you know, in their Their garb (laughs) sweatsuits that sold out in 19 minutes. (laughs) Oh, the Super Bowl effect. And Brady's playing catch with Matt Damon. And Affleck, who's still kind of in character for the guy he played in the commercial, gets jealous and he wants to be a part. So here it is. Man, you play high school football? No, no, no. Oh, come on. Don't, don't inflate his ego. That like, is good. You guys talent. All right. Let's let me, a lot let me of get a in high school, right? Yeah. Let me get a few. Maddie, step out, step out. All right. All right. Let's start slow. Tommy, 
Gun one in here, baby. Come on. Don't do me like that. What, you want harder? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I want like the, not like the mat, no offense, but I want the, <laughs> we give it to me, gun it at. See oh, that? Wait, wait, I throw it with heat. Back up you if you need to, right? And then just lay it in here. Back, oh, throw it. Hide. Gun it at me. Come on, baby. Hide, brother. Please don't. For real. Touchdown. Hide. Hard. Touchdown style. All right. I was a little. All right. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and in the video, it just whizzes by his head. He didn't even reach up for it. And it bounced off. I don't care that it's staged. It was funny. I yeah. enjoyed the heck out of that. All right. A couple of more very quick, very quick sports notes on the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning and Patrick Mahomes. Most playoff wins. Mm. Mahomes. Uh Okay. Mahomes now has more playoff wins than Peyton Manning at his age. 28. Uh-huh. More than Peyton Manning. What about this? Harrison Butker this year, 44-46 on field goals, 15-15 and 15 on field goals of 40-plus, 7-7 of seven on field goals 50-plus, and 46-46 of 46 on extra points, two field goals from 50-plus in the Super Bowl, including the longest ever. You need all facets of your game to be a dynasty, right? Yep. Steve Spagnuolo is now the first offensive or defensive coordinator in NFL history to win four Super Bowls. <laughs> no one else has done it. Not as a coordinator. Also saw that Isaiah Pacheco is the first running back in his first two years to win Super Bowls. Mm. And, which I thought was really impressive. Uh, the Niners, and this was good for them, they lost the game. But in the two weeks leading up, they did $25 million in merchandise sales. Gosh. In two weeks, they did $25 mil. People okay. buying the special jerseys and, and all those kinds of things, which I thought was really, really, really cool. And this one's really interesting, and I know this is something we didn't much get into yesterday. When Dre, when Dre Greenlaw went down mm. for the Niners and Oren, Oren Burks came in, in coverage, he was targeted nine times, nine catches, allowed one touchdown, allowed a passer rating of 134.7, and his his coverage grade, 32.1. You think Drake Greenlaw would have made a difference? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, that's it for the Blitz on a Tuesday. Stay tuned for Dan Patrick, followed by Rich Eisen, and, of course, the show with Pop and Colby. Hopefully, Pop will feel feeling a little bit better today. The Niners flag is still up, so I'm feeling good about it we'll pray as there. we go forward here. Thanks for being with us on a Tuesday. Thanks to Bryce. Thanks for all you text as well. We'll be back with you tomorrow on a Wednesday here on The Blitz.